say, Lord, will you give me victory over what the devil's trying to do in my life? Realizing that, that it was at the cross when Jesus rose from the dead, he defeated death, hell, and the grave, and, and all the forces of darkness in it. And I love the book of Colossians that says we were translated out of the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of the Son of His love. So I found the richest way is to stand in defense, not of possibly yourself, but to stand in defense of the cross. I do it simply like this. Lord, I'm not going to let your cross mean nothing. I want to make sure that your cross meant something. To do whether we're believing the Lord to heal us, deliver us, save us, forgive us, or whatever it is, it's a a defense that we have. We can stand against the enemy and say, God's given me this, or we can stand and say, I'm here for God. (laughs) And I find a lot more strength and standing and believing God. Because, see, you'll fight for God when you won't fight for yourself. You understand what I'm telling you? You, you will fight for the defense of what he did. And when sickness is knocking on your door, you'll stand in defense of that cross. I'm not going to let Jesus die for nothing, devil. I'm not going to let him die for nothing. And when that sin comes knocking on our door and we stand, we say, I'm not going to let him die for nothing. (laughs) He died to wash this away. He died to take it away. And he died to give me victory over it. I'm not going to let him die for nothing. So I found a lot of the power of God can be released as we simply stand in defense of what God has done. And the benefits of the cross, they're, I think, without number. I was telling them early service, some people say there were 75 benefits that happened to us as a believer that we're able to receive on that, from the cross. Others said there were 53, but I know I've received at least a million since I've been saved. <laughs> I tell you, because any time that the devil gets on you hot and heavy, man, we start crying out for that cross, don't we? And man, we hold that cross up against the enemy. We hold that cross up against sickness. We hold that cross up against death. We hold that cross up against divisions. We hold that cross up, and that cross prevails. Somebody give the Lord a hand if that cross prevailed for you. Yes, it's just so powerful. And so uh, the Lord kind of spoke to my heart. I'd rather be a, uh, a thermostat than a thermometer. See, a thermometer just tells you what the atmosphere is now, but a thermostat says, hey, I've got the power to change it because I can access something that will change where you are and what you're going through. And so my prayer is that as believers, that we have that sense of defense of the gospel. In fact, right now in this church, there's about 94 people that are on a fast for 21 days. We're fasting and praying for 21 days, and we're fasting and praying for your breakthrough and our breakthrough. And just so this, this will end, this 21 days will end next Monday, not, not tomorrow, but Monday week. And then the Lord spoke to my heart that we need to do it again and again and again and again until the rascal devil falls. And God is exalted, and God's glory can come forth. Amen. And I tell you, it's just been, we've seen the devil try a lot of things. Amen. We've seen the devil try a lot. And that's why the Lord put us on this fast for because 
the Lord had warned us that the enemy is trying to come in through some crazy ways. How many has had some crazy attacks? Some crazy, and he's trying to come in like out of nowhere and fast. And it's like before you think, before you can think, the devil's trying something. But what we want to happen is every time. Everybody say every time. Somebody shout every time. Every time the devil tries to open that door, God shuts that door to him for the glory of God. Amen. That's what we want to see happen. So we're going to talk about the benefits of Christ. In your Bible, if you have it this morning, turn over with me to the book of Ephesians chapter 1. And this just explains a little bit about our inability to understand the cross fully. In fact, we can't even understand the cross at all without God helping us. And so we're asking the, the Lord by His Holy Spirit this morning to come and give us a deeper understanding. The word that we can fully use. Because see, if Jesus did all that He did and we don't use the power of that cross, then He died in vain. And I'm just here to tell you, I don't want Jesus to die in vain. Amen? If we don't use, if we don't use what He died to give us, then we let his death mean nothing. But I'm here to tell you, if his death means nothing to the rest of you, I want his death to mean something to me. And I want to make sure that I use what he died to give me. And so we've got to understand how to access it. A lot of times people say, well, you know, Jesus died for our sins, so sin's not a problem anymore. Uh, You don't live at my house, do you? (laughs) Uh, that's not what this means at all. In fact, I found the closer you are with the Lord, the more you care about what pleases God. The closer you are to God, the more of His heartbeat you want to fulfill and you want to live out and you want to see your life become godly. Now, that doesn't mean that we are able to clean ourselves up, you know? I'm not saying that we're not able to clean ourselves up. I'm not going to run in a competition race with who can clean better, Jesus or me. He wins. You understand? He paid the price. The price is fully paid. And each one of us have this glorious account that has been set up for us and filled to capacity. (laughs) Amen. There's not anything... Well, the Bible says everything that pertains to life and godliness, everything that pertains to living life and everything that pertains to you living godly is all taken care of already. It's in your account. But that's, but people that say you don't have to think about sins anymore, it's like saying, well, I got a million dollars in my bank account, so I don't have to think about money anymore. Huh? Huh? You, you try to go in Walmart and walk out with a, with an item there and you tell them you don't have to think about money anymore. Doesn't work like that. You've got it in your account, but you have to access it. I mean, that's the same way. We, we use that for sin, but we don't use that for healing. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, we know we have to access it for healing. We know that Jesus already paid the price, but we have to access it. We know that he's already paid the price for our sin. I'm not trying to compete with God. I can't pay the price. I owed a debt I could not pay, but he paid a debt he did not owe. Amen. I could, I don't compete with God, but at the same time, I have to learn to access what God's given me. Amen. 
And so, in, in the great things of it. In fact, I, I call, I call the, the cross is a whole lot like a cruise ship. I mean, you take this guy on the cruise ship, he gets off, he's lost 10 pounds. He's starving to death. He said, I bought my ticket, but I couldn't find any place to pay for my food on there. It's in the price of the ticket. It's in the price. Everybody say, it's in the price of the ticket. It's all in the price of the ticket. It's already paid for. Somebody shout, it's already paid for. I just have to access it and I have to use it for the glory of God. Amen. So in the book of Ephesians, it says, we begin with verse 17. It said that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give to you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. So it's going to take a spirit of wisdom and a spirit of revelation. God has, this is not natural wisdom. And this is not understanding the Bible or understanding the cross with a natural mind. This is something God does. And that's why we're calling this the supernatural benefits of the cross. Because it's supernatural what God has to do for us and what God, God wants to reveal to us. I can't even understand it. I can't even do it in a, I can't even do it in a childlike manner unless God helps me to understand as a child that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, verse 18 said that the eyes of your understanding be enlightened. Our God says, I want to open your eyes that you may know what's the hope of your calling and what's the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints. And what God said, you can't even understand what I've given you without me helping you. But God said, if you will let me help you, I will help you to understand the wonderful inheritance that's invested into your account. Amen. Verse 19 says, and what is the exceeding greatness of his power toward us who believe according to the working of his mighty power? The Bible says what it says, I can't even understand God's power. <laughs> I can't understand it because it's in accordance with his mighty power, which he worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at his own right hand in heavenly places. God says the power that I'm wanting you to understand is, that's in your life is in a power that's in accordance with the same power that I raised Jesus from the dead and exalted him to the highest place in the universe. That's a lot of power. Can you say amen? Everybody say, we just got to have God help. So when we talk about the cross, there's some, there's some of these uh, little weird spiritual thing, uh, terms that we need to learn. And, and we're not doing that this morning. But there are, we need to understand what it kind of means to be divine exchange. What God's talking about. It happened at the cross. Um, divine substitution. Complete forgiveness. Divine purchase. Substitution. All of those are things that we need to have an understanding of if I'm going to fully be able to still, even partially grasp what the power of the cross is. Everybody say, but our accounts are full. I may not understand it all, but I know it's full. Amen. And I know that anything I could ever need is taken, already been taken care of in that cross. Because not only did that cross take care of my spiritual sin, that cross also took care of the mind that's, that's dealing with that and also that body that's living through that. Amen. Praise God. So we're going to talk this morning about the benefits, or everybody say the spiritual benefits of the cross. And uh, then I want, to, I want to deal with it in accordance with what would be important, possibly. And, and the greatest, 
and I want to talk to first to you, uh, to you about what I feel to be the greatest benefit of the cross. Now, certainly forgiveness is such a wonderful, and probably that would be whole number one, that God's able to forgive me. And I want to tell you, if you're here this morning, if you're wrestling over your past, why don't you quit it? Jesus has already wrestled. Jesus has already wrestled over your past. God is not holding anything against you. In fact, the Lord wanted to forgive you so much, He chose to forget it. The Lord, uh, He's able to do anything. And God said that He forgot your sin. Because He wanted to be able, that's what God calls perfect forgiveness. To he is not even remembering what you did when you were in sin. Amen. That when he looks at you, he can look at you perfect that's right. and see you clean. And that's what that word means, justified. Just as if I never sinned. So you quit wrestling over that past and you take a hold of the benefit of the forgiveness that God gives to you. Amen? Give the Lord a hand for His forgiveness. But the first benefit I want to talk about is something. The first benefit I want to talk about is the supernatural ability that God gives us to hear His voice. In the book of John, it tells us one of the major marks of the believer, or probably the major mark of a believer, when Jesus said, My sheep hear my voice. And I know them, and they follow me. Notice what he said. That's a super, everybody say, that's a supernatural mark of a believer. The supernatural mark that, that was made available as a benefit of the cross, that you and I are able to hear God. Do you know what that means? You will never face anything alone again. <laughs> And it also means you will never have to face anything unaware of what to do again. Because you have the one with you that knows everything about everything all the time. And God wants to make that real to you. And he wants to make it known to you. And that's why Jesus said, my sheep the ones that have come to me, that's accepted me, that's taken the cross into their life, they hear my voice. And there's something else in there that I'll mention possibly in the close of the message this morning. Not only is there a supernatural ability to hear God, there's a supernatural ability to follow God. Because when we talk about the cross, we're not talking about your power and your ability. We're talking about His power and His ability. So not only does God give you a supernatural ability to hear Him, He gives you a supernatural ability to follow Him. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. In fact, that's what I called the number one way. Now, I remember, I, I remember, I want to stir your remembrance up a little bit. I remember the night that I was saved. I, I didn't know I was saved. I didn't know really what had happened. 
I, Lane and I gave, now I know, we gave our hearts to the Lord. We knelt in front of our television set. Billy Graham was on. And man, we had had a knockdown drag, you know, we'd had really one of those real hard ones. And everything was going wrong in my life. Man, wasn't anything, anything, everything was falling apart. And walked through the living room that night, and Billy Graham and Lane and I was watching the few moments of that. Now, I had no idea what he was talking about. I had no understanding, but what I did, there was a supernatural draw. And I'm going to tell you what, if you came to Christ, there was a supernatural draw that was at work in your life too. And that supernatural draw drew me, and I sat there, and then Lane and I prayed the prayer with him, and we asked God to forgive us. But there was something super, I, I couldn't tell anybody I was saved. I didn't realize I was saved. I didn't realize what not saved and not saved was. I didn't understand those things then. But I knew something had happened because in me, an immediate miraculous, in Lane and I both, immediate, immediate trust that God was going to lead us was in us. All of a sudden, I didn't know what we had done, but inside of us, a miracle had transpired. And the way I could understand that miracle was this. There was a supernatural trust that I could hear God. <laughs> and there was a supernatural trust that some way God was going to guide us and lead us. And there was a supernatural trust that some way I had put my hand in his hand and we didn't have to lead our lives anymore for the glory of God. Amen. Amen. And I believe that's in the life of every person. I believe that when you came to Christ, there was a supernatural in you, a supernatural working of God to trust God and to believe that God could talk to you. Now, some of you may have went out of there and you convinced yourself that you can't hear God. Or many of you may have been disappointed on the time that you did, and you've convinced yourself. Others have been convinced by other people. Some have even been tried to be convinced by other churches. But I'm here to tell you, it's not any accident that when you were born again, God put it inside you to trust Him that you could hear from heaven and that heaven would guide you. The supernatural ability came in us that I can hear from heaven that I could hear from God. Now, I didn't know what any of that meant. I had no understanding of what it meant. I had no understanding. It wasn't a theological debate because I didn't have any debates. I didn't have anything to argue with. <laughs> the only thing that I knew, I could trust God talking to me. I'm going to tell you what, you that's fed that, you that's learned to access that, because inside that cross, that's what I'm calling the number one ability that God's given to you. The ability to hear God in all things. Because God is never without a word. And he's never without a way to help you. Now, the first way I want to cover real quickly, some various ways that God's voice comes to you. And the first one I want to mention is is that his voice comes through the Word of God. I, I don't understand people that say, I can't hear God, and they sit there owning 15 Bibles. 
I, I have no understanding. I, I do a little bit because I know that just the words on a page is not necessarily hearing the voice of God. But I do know this, that you stay in that word until his word starts talking to you. I love Sandy Bird. Out of all the little things that Sandy says that I just love, that's my number one. Can't you hear your Bible talking to you? <laughs> now, I, now that, was a mem- that was my mimic of Sandy Burris, all right? All right. But I love it. I just hear the Bible talking. I hear her say that so many times. I just hear my Bible talking to me. And I do know that comes out of that because God puts a desire inside you not, not only to hear His voice and the, the trust to believe that you can hear His voice, but God puts that desire to find His voice. In fact, what we become, we become like gold prospectors. And once you find your first nugget, man, somebody says, keep it quiet where that claim is. You can't keep it quiet where that claim is <laughs> because you're totally convinced there is a full vein there underneath that nugget. And when you find your first nugget, the first time that God begins to talk to you out of his word, man, you become rotten from then on. You're spoiled and spoiled right. You have to be in it again and again to let God talk to you. Well, I had that desire, but also you have to learn to tweak in your own spirit because we're all different. Now, immediately I came out of that and Elaine and I began reading or we were reading the Bible. And please don't do what I did. The first book we started reading was Revelations. Oh, man. And I thought I understood all of it. I did. Man, man, it, such crazy stuff. It read, I read in there where that, where that uh, red and purple were the colors of, 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 the, of the whore there in the book of Revelations. And, and I come out of... Uh, the Jesus movement where your colors were purple and red. And, uh, man, I, I went to my closet and just started giving stuff away. I don't want this stuff. This stuff will send you to hell. I don't want this stuff. And I can't. I can, what I'm saying is the first words I heard were not right. <laughs> you understand? And, and so and I, I read in there how people were supposed to lay. And I read in there how people were supposed to live. So we said, man, everybody not living like that, going to hell. So we just started visiting our family members that I had treated badly all the years before. And I began to present to them, you're going to a devil's hell. I caused barriers. I'm still, I was with my brother-in-law last night. I'm still trying to mend that same barrier that I created 40 years ago. But I was convinced that I heard from God. But I'm going to tell you what. I'm not so. What I'm telling you is this. As you begin to your desire to hear God, there are going to be times that you're going to royally miss it because, man, Lane and I royally missed it. 
we missed it so much. But, but that desire inside of you, it won't stop there. I missed, it. I missed it so many times. I still miss it so many times. But there is that trust in me that I can hear God. And that trust in us keeps driving us. It keeps driving us. It keeps driving us and keeps driving you. Because I'm here to tell you that cross gave you the benefit of being able to hear God when you're walking through hard times or walking through good times or walking through situations or whatever it is you're walking through, God put inside our heart the ability to trust him that we can hear from God. Amen. Amen. Now, the second way that you can hear the voice of God times is, is not necessarily in the word, but it's God speaking by his spirit. It's that still small voice. Isaiah chapter 30, verse 21 says it like this. Your own ears will hear him. See, there's that trust that God puts inside of us. The cross makes that available. It's that trust that we can hear God. And it says, your own ears will hear him. Right behind you, a voice will say, this is the way you should go, whether to the right or to the left. Now, in the context where this is written, and even some versions of the Bible, it says it like this. When you get on the wrong road, you will hear a voice behind you saying. What God is telling us is this. When we're walking down the path of life, the cross has made available for us to hear a still, small voice of God that is able to direct us. Now, I don't know about you, but I've missed this many times. But the thing is not how many times you've been bucked off that horse. The thing is how many times you get back up on that horse and you're determined to get this journey made. Something about myself you may not know. In one ear, I have 80% hearing loss, what they say. and the other ear, almost that much. And so that's why when you're talking to me, I look into your face. I look, I look into your lips. I try to read your lips as much as I, as I do. Now, everybody say, but you believe in God. This cross paid the price for my what? For my ears. Amen. But in the process of walking this, but I, I hear stuff. I hear words. It's not the full sound that I can't hear. It's certain syllables are completely missing. But if you take any word and you remove certain syllables, you still hear it's just a different word. And you can't believe what I hear some of you say. <laughs> That's the truth. That's the truth. Because what I hear, I know, is not what is said many times. So I found out that that still small voice inside us, it comes in different ways. In fact, a lot of you, I can tell what you're telling me by watching the expressions on your face. I can sit and watch the expressions on your face as you're talking to me, and I can tell. Others is body language. How many remembers Shinichi Ishikawa? Ah, 
I always consider Shinichi Ishikawa as one of my best friends in all the world. I love Shin. He now lives in California, but he was a part of this church for about, for about really about 36 years or so. And Shinichi will always be, to me, I will consider Shinichi as my very best friend. Out of those 36 or so years, I'm not sure I ever heard 10 words he said that I don't say why he would say it. Because <laughs> he had, man, he had this Okinawan accent, or, or I, th- I still think he was talking in Okinawan, what I heard most of the time. <laughs> but he was, as you remember, Shin, Shinishi. He was a college professor out here at the college for years, a, a real smart, educated. But for a long period of time, I would go and pick up Shinishi at 4 o'clock in the morning. I'd pick him up, as I remember, 4, it may have been 4.30, I don't know, but I'd pick him up. And him and I would ride the town. We'd ride the streets. And we would just pray, and we would cry. We'd pray for the kids. We'd pray for the broken homes. We'd pray for the lives of the people. And all of a sudden, I became so acquainted with Shinishi's heart. And it really didn't matter the words that he said anymore. I knew what his heart was saying. Shinishi, even though he was the educated man that he was, if I came to the church an hour before service or sometime two hours before service, I still usually would not beat Shinishi here. Shinishi would be here, and this is what he would be doing. You remember, this is the picture you see of Ishii. He would go in this church somewhere, and he would find a little broom, and he'd find a little dustpan. And Shinishi would walk almost every square foot of this property, picking up everything, because in Shinishi's heart, he wanted to make sure God's house was ready. He, he would, then he would walk that outside, and he would walk that, but that was his heart. And like I said, I finally in later years could understand my brother that I loved <laughs> because he started sending me emails. And I found out emails don't have, uh, <laughs> yeah, they don't have accents. <laughs> so, I loved it. <laughs> I loved it when Shinichi would send me an email. I could finally hear what he was saying. <laughs> but I love him. And still in California, even at the wonderful age he is, he's still doing somewhat the same thing. He gets up. He gets on those street buses. And he rides the streets. Now, those bus drivers don't probably have an idea what he's saying at all. But I do. Because I found that words go past words, understanding. There is languages that far exceeds what you can hear. Somebody says, I, I, I can't, I can't, I don't know what God wants me to do. I want to turn around and ask you, do you know God's heart? Do you know his heart? Somebody says, I, I can't, I've been praying for so long, I can't hear, I can't hear God's words speaking to me. I say, do you know his heart? Because I found out if you know somebody's heart, 
you have the greatest words of all. Now, why are words so important? Why is it important that we hear from heaven? Words is God's economy. Words on earth is the way that God sends heaven to earth. When God has something that's just like in the Lord's Prayer where it says, Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. When God wants to send things from heaven, they're packaged in words. When you hear a word from heaven, you really have abundance from heaven. Because that word is what is packaging, is just packaged around what God is wanting to send you. In fact, I believe this, that in your heavenly bank account, according to Scripture, you already have everything that you ever, ever need that pertains to life, living life, and living godly. Those two things. Everything you will ever, ever need. Now, in that, that's happiness, joy. That's probably the right person in your life. Right circumstances, right school to go to. All of that, see. Because, see, it's God's will that you would prosper and be in health. As your soul prospers is what the Bible says. So God has all of that already invested in heaven, in your heavenly bank account. The problem is, you're not in heaven. The problem is, you're on earth. One day, as a believer, you will be in heaven. And some people, the only benefit that they trust in is the eternal benefit. The eternal benefit says, yes, you will go to heaven when you die. And yes, you will live with Jesus. As my dear Jesse is this morning. And heaven will be a wonderful place for every one of us. But God said, not only do I in my riches and glory, not only do I have your eternal benefits, I have everything that you will ever need to live life. And not only do I have everything that you will need to live life, I have everything that you will need to live a godly life. <laughs> wow. Wow, if you're a thief here this morning, you'll say, God, I'm not going to have to rob anymore because you already got me taken care of. You understand? Man, God's already provided. The problem is we got to access it. Now, when I was five years old, I didn't write a check. When I was seven years old, I didn't write a check. When I was eight years old, I didn't, you know why? Because I didn't have to. I didn't know how. Somebody else was writing checks for me. Amen. But when I became a man, the Bible says, I had to put away childish things and had to realize that there is a responsibility in me to access the thing. And then somewhere along about 16 or 17, I found the value of having my own account and writing my own checks. Amen. Hallelujah. For the glory of God. Some of us have just got to learn how. Whatever it takes for me to come to a place where I can hear God, 
I've got to be willing to do that. Whatever price it takes, how many hours it may consider, whatever it takes for me to get in God's Word until God's Word begins to talk to me. However long it takes to set in God's face where you can see the expressions. Say, Lord, I know what you're saying to me. I know what you're saying to me. I can see the expressions on your face, Lord. You know, that, that is presence. You know, that's the word presence in the Bible. Is the word face. When you say, I'm going to seek God's presence, what God is saying, seek my face, my child. Look at my eyes. Look into my face. And my face will be able to guide you. So God's asking us to move on into that special, special place now. Things I'm not going to get to teach on this morning is words are not only out of the Bible. Voice is not only the still small voice, but it's the expressions, it's the heart of God. But it's also flowing words. There is a flow. There is a prophetic flow that God wants His children to be able to tap into to where there's never a moment that the river of God cannot flow out of your being. The hardest one for me to learn, though, is sometimes God speaks to other people. That's a hard one. I haven't been saved very long lady come up to me and she says Jerry you need I mean God's really miraculously moved in you and you need the baptism of the Holy Spirit well I look back at that lady I said I have everything I need yeah I'm still just a big old smart aleck only thing I'm saved going to heaven then a few weeks later I realized that was God speaking through her because I found myself in a place where I didn't have the strength I needed and the Holy Spirit became my partner <laughs> so the recognition of when God is speaking through other people the voice of correction is a hard one for me it's hard when, when God is speaking a voice of correction. I got into a cult, man. My desire for God was just running rampant. I hadn't been saved very long. I got into a cult. Lane and I both did. But you know what? You can trust God. All of a sudden, that cult carried me to a point and where I knew that Bible just started talking to me, as Sandy Burr said. And inside me became such a warning. 
Jerry, get away from this. And Lane and I both ran. <laughs> ran. So the voice of correction. The sixth one is not easy for me either. It's when God sets up miraculous circumstances. You know the way I first started hearing from God? Like there was this innate desire I knew I could hear from God. So Lane and I, whatever we would do, and in and, and our first few weeks of serving God, we gave my job up, left my job, gave my home up, moved to another state to get away from people, to be with people, to grow in the Lord. I mean, our lives, man, we were, man, we were just moving. And it got to where it's just such fast moves to where I would do this. I would take my Bible. I say, God, you know I need direction. Lane and I would drop our Bible. I'd drop it on the floor. Wherever it opened to, we would read. And I hope you never do any crazy stuff like that. But we would take it as God's direction to us. And we did that for a year or two. Until I stand there one night and said, I was tired. I'd been working that day. They were having a powerful service at church. I knew it was going to be powerful. I said, Lord, do you want me to go to church tonight? And I dropped it. I looked and said, don't go. I knew. I knew. Because God's word was talking to me inside. See? I knew. God, I can't trust that anymore. You kept me on a pacifier for so long. Now you're getting ready to wean me. I got to find the others still small voice inside me. But I still love the miraculous. I mean, when God shows you things of his will and it comes in a miraculous form. Right when God was getting me off of that, was training me to hear him inside, I was, we, we got into a situation, Lane and I did. We was in another state by ourselves. No money, no nothing. Didn't know what to do. No place to stay. We just st stayed the night before in a roadside park. Man, we were willing to do whatever it would take. Man, if Jesus, man, we were going to follow God, whatever it would take. And we stayed there in that, and, and, we, and we got up that morning. And we drove in town and said, Lord, we don't know how to way to go. We feel like you told us to come here. I, we heard here on the inside of us. It wasn't what we was hearing on the inside of us. It was what we was, the other things we were trying to add into it. I sat in there and I said, Lord, we don't know enough scripture. We don't know what to do, God. We pulled up to a four-way stop and said, Lord, we don't know which way to turn. You said you would lead us. We, we trust you. We believe that you will lead us, God. We believe that you will lead us. And we don't know which way to turn. I looked up from my steering wheel. I've never seen it since. The littlest, smallest car. It was like a, a bug. Volkswagen with a, a silent that sign had to be 20 feet long and like 10 feet high 
drove right in front of us with the scripture that told us exactly what to do. Man. I love it when God does those miracles. Too. All of us part of it. All of us gave. But it all comes back to sitting looking at his face hearing the Lord say one of the most graphic examples of hearing God I was in the children's service I was at camp with Jerry and Tara here about two years ago and India was teaching and India was teaching on hearing the voice of God and she gave one of the most graphic examples to hearing God's voice that I've never forgotten. And so I asked Sister Darlene to demonstrate that this morning. Justin, I want you to, I want you to just begin to sing a, a song, if you would. If you, I'm going to interrupt. I know I didn't prepare you. I, if you're around me very much, they're going to tell you one thing. He never tells you what to do before he wants you to do it. So forgive me. <laughs> so uh, I want you to just begin to sing and sing a song that we can sing with you. Because when you want to hear God, the thing that happens is voices around you become so loud. And you begin to say, God... I want to hear you. And it seems like everybody's got a note, you know, and everybody's got going on. But if you've been sitting in the lap of the Master, there's just something about His voice that's different. Because when you've been sitting in the voice, or been sitting in the lap of the Master, it's like that little baby. She knows her mama's voice in a room full of people. Sister Darlene, are you over there? Okay. Now she's got a little, little partner here, a little buddy. Turn around so we can see the little buddy. <laughs> Darling, I want you to walk right back there to the end. And we're going to be singing our song representing all the voices that will be speaking around you. But how many believe she'll hear her mama's voice? How many believe she'll hear her mama's voice? And no matter how many people is in this building this morning. She'll wade her way through all of us to get to her mama. Won't you let God tell you? And you that are fighting this morning, saying, Pastor, how will I ever hear God? You said in his face, it won't be long you begin to hear God. Let's sing. Just... Let's stand together. 
And you see this little darling as it comes running down that aisle, you'll know that you. It's on now. Come here, Oops. Oops. Come here, Oopsie. Oops. Look this way. Oops. Come here. Come on, Oops. Good girl. Come on, Oopsie. Good girl. Good girl. Good girl. Waymaker, miracle worker, promise keeper, light in the darkness, my God. That is who you are. How many of you have found yourself to be just like that little puppy? Desperately needed. I'm going to ask you if you're here this morning, let's close service this way. I want you to come if you're needing to hear God over situations and matters in your life. As Justin leads us in worship and praise right here as we continue with our singing. I want you to make your way just like that little puppy did. I want you to get out and come in that aisle and come as close to the face of God as you can and say, Lord, I'm going to sit in your face until I learn your heart.